0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Tuesday Tips, brought to you by the Hunt Deep podcast. I'm Carter, and I'm here with the elk killers, the elk killing boys themselves. I'm here with Chet and Gabe. What's going on, fellas? What's up? What's good, man? <laughs> We're just rolling, man. We're doing this out of order. We just recorded a full episode, a uh, full elk episode about y'all's recent elk adventures that's going to come out on Thursday. No spoilers, but this one's going to come out first. This is dropping Tuesday if if Cole can get his act together. It'll right. Come on come on, so, Cole. Uh, yeah, a little precursor there. I usually do them Monday night at like 830. And uh, yeah. I'm like, dude, hey, edit this real quick so it can come out tomorrow. And he's like, God, you motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> so this is ahead of the curve. That's good, though. Um, go. Yeah, let's talk elk. So I'm going on my first elk hunt next month, guys. First elk hunt, and we're going to be fourth season rifle hunting in the great state of Colorado. I feel wildly unprepared. Um, Opening day for us, opening rifle season was yesterday here in Georgia. It was 47, and your boy was chilly. So, Chet, how screwed am I?
1: Uh, Depends on how strong mentally you are.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, where are you going again?
0: Um, Out west, western side, fi- Fire Mountain near Somerset. It's a okay. small town, kind of near Grand Junction. We're hunting right, with uh, big, Bear Creek yeah. yeah, we're doing a, a drop camp. Doing a drop yeah, it's camp. Already,
1: um, it's already snowing up that way, so... Um. <laughs> it's hit or miss dude it's hit or miss you'll have days where it's like right right now man it's like i could go run out like yesterday i ran outside with no shirt on it was 70 and it was hot and then like i wake up this morning and it's like 30 out so it's bipolar
0: do you know what uh what elevation you're hunting at um i think it's gonna be around eight or nine maybe ten and it, it kind of sounds like, I don't want to sound too amateur here, but Garrett says wherever the elk are is where we're going. So <laughs> well,
2: that's exactly so, how it goes.
0: Right. If the weather's bad, they'll be down lower. Right. And if it's not yeah. so bad, they'll be up higher.
1: Yep. Um, yeah. It's based on the, the deepness of that snow. So they follow the, they'll stay up high for as long as they can because it's where they're the least pressured and they'll follow that vegetation line down until they can't get it anymore. Uh, But, I mean, you'll still get them up there 10 10 plus, you know, if there's two feet of snow, you know, they'll dig in that snow and and feed until they absolutely have to come down. Uh, So, yeah, I'd be prepared to, like, hike multiple different elevations and be trucking through some snow. I'd have some gators if I were you. (laughs) Yeah, and some puffy pants.
0: (laughs) I've got a pair of puffy pants. Perry Eisner hooked me up with a pair of puffy pants. You got a... Got some first merino shirt. wool. I might beef up my merino wool base layers. I think that might be a, a first purchase that I tackle here. Would that be a good idea?
1: Yeah. Yeah, man. I wear merino wool pants, socks, underwear, and base layer upper.
0: Do you have a uh, brand? like?
1: Yeah, I, I rock all first light stuff. Um, cool. They have a really good pro discount. Uh, anybody that's a LEO military or first responder, uh, you can get on there make an account takes literally like an hour uh, for them to you know you just set up an account and then um, uh, send them an email of you know proof that you're a veteran or wherever you work uh, and then they're fast man they'll hit you right back and give you your forty percent you know uh, account and uh, anytime you check out it's it's on there and um, you uh it's well worth it I mean they're their gears top of the line I love it um, so I, that's kind of what I use, but, you know, I'm not like one of the fanboys where it's like, Oh, you have to wear this over this, or, you know, first light over Sitka or right. any of those other brands or whatever, you know, it's like whatever you want or whatever camo you like. I like it personally, not, I like the camo that I wear, but it's, it's more the the quality of the material, you know, like the Merino wool, I like I've, I've had elk come, you know, sub 20 yards and they don't smell or see me. So to me that, that means it works.
0: Yeah, I tell everybody, you'll know I hit it big if all my camo ever matches. That's, that's when you'll know.
2: <laughs> I think uh, if you're not a first responder or military or anything like that, the best place to get your stuff would be from blackovus.com because, mm. well, shout out to them even though they didn't tell me to say this, but they have some really <laughs> good stuff that's their brand that's really cheap that you can either find on their website or on camo Fire. And if you guys don't know what Camo Fire is, it's a basically an app that has discounted stuff that's on a fire sale that you can get super cheap, and it's really good quality stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, that's number one, merino wool. Beef up my merino wool wardrobe. Yep, yep. That's sweet. What else do I need to consider?
2: Boots. You don't want cold mm. feet. Get some nice insulated boots i mean you can go somewhere and try on some boots or look up reviews i run the crispies i can't remember exactly what model they are but they're insulated and they keep my feet dry and they keep my feet warm so it's another thing you really need
0: insulated boots seems like a hard thing to navigate and it probably depends on the person right but like yes i mean there's 1200 gram insulation there's no insulation and everything in between um, what do you like to do when it's snowy and cold, Chet? What what kind of strength do you go with?
1: I'm probably the worst person to ask about boots because <laughs> I stick to one pair and one brand only. Um, yeah. I wear the Salomon GTX 2s. Um, they're, don't quote me on this, but I don't think they have any insulation, but they keep my feet dry. They're super lightweight and I've been on two elk hunts now where I had a boot problem in the past, and I can't remember if something ripped on the transport out to Colorado. This is when I was living in PA, so we would fly out or drive out. And I can't remember if one year I lost boots or severely tore them up, but I showed up to the trailhead, took these boots out of the box, and put them on, and everybody's like, oh, man, you're going to get blisters and this and that. Now, my feet – are not like normal feet okay like the army destroyed my feet in basic training and i think any type of blisters that could ever show up on my feet did in june of 2015 and uh they've never come back i've like pushed my feet to the limits multiple times where i'm like dude like i have to have a blister or like i feel a hot spot and i take it off and it's completely fine i was like man no nah, i got rock solid feet but I, I like the salomons man just because they're super lightweight i've hunted in like four or five feet of snow in those things for you know the, the mountain lion that I killed and uh my feet were warm but I think to each their own it's, it's based off the person like if you are a cold person or like you know don't uh don't want to be cold or you don't uh or if your feet get cold pretty easy then you're probably going to want some like mid-range insul- insulated boots I would whatever the high end of it is, I think like you were saying is like 12 or 1500 grams. I don't think I would recommend that to anybody unless you're out in like Alaska or something where you could really be in a sticky situation. Not that you can't in Colorado, uh, you know, Some you know, break a leg up on the mountain. I mean, there's no telling when someone can get you off or whatever, but, um, you know, you got to plan it based on where you're hunting. You know, if you're going to be with a group of four or five dudes, you know, you really don't have to be too, too worried for things like that. um, so I would go with a mid range, probably like three or four hundred gram boots, kind of what Gabe was saying. I think those crispies, uh, is, that's what most of my friends wear, and they all like them. Or uh, what are the other ones, Gabe?
0: Cana Or Zamberlin's. Yeah. Zamberlin's. Zamberlin's yeah. are nice, wonderful. dude.
1: They're just yeah. I was gonna say it's all on your budget too. Like each brand is a different budget tier.
0: <laughs> right. Right.
1: But yeah, to it's me, not the last, to last on the mountain, it's more of, like, blister prevention and, like, being comfortable than being cold or hot. Like, yeah, if my feet are cold, then I'm hiking more. I'm just going to get warm naturally by putting in some more miles. Because uh, to me, you can always get warmer, but you can't really get colder up or, uh, yeah. yeah, with feet, you know, <laughs> unless you take if them off and you're trying to get some frostbite. But-
0: Right. With your medical background chat, what do you what's what's good like blister prevention?
1: Um, well, good socks is number 1 for me. Like I said the merino wool socks are key. Um spend the money on a $40 pair of socks because you can last all week. I shit you not, man. I do 7 days back country and i bring two pairs of socks one just in case they get wet and i hardly ever put them on sometimes i'll rotate them out but like i said i sleep with my gear hanging in a tree when i wake up the next morning that merino wool does so good with scent that you you know you sniff your socks and they don't smell like you think they should smell after putting 20 30 miles on them um and two you can buy um kind of like the next to skin uh type of type of things like moleskin uh to be prophylactic, which means to prevent, um, blisters, or you can put them on once you already have them. But, uh, you know, I, I usually carry a little thing of moleskin with me, um, just in case. And, uh, thankfully I've never had to pull it out except for a couple of buddies, you know, to give them a piece or two, but yeah, that's about it. You can do, um, some people like to wear sock liners. So you have a liner sock and then your sock which helps keep it warm and not as moist. But in my experience, the more layers that you have touching your feet and being in between the heel and the boot causes friction, and that's how you get blisters. Um, that's just me personally. I mean, I've, I've had buddies that rock sock liners and do fine, but I'm just like the less less is better for me.
0: Yeah, that's I mean, your main we that's your main this. piece
1: of mobility up there. I mean, you lose right. your feet, you're losing your hunt, so that's like a priority.
0: Right. We were talking about this earlier, right? <clears throat> you got three hundred and sixty days to rest afterwards. You don't want that to be the thing that gives out. You know, you yeah. gotta you gotta have your feet, man. Your feet gotta be squared away. You can push through a lot of stuff, but um, your feet gotta be squared away when you're when you're up there.
1: Yeah. And I've never been until this year, I've never went to get a uh, a pedicure. And dude, <laughs> I popped in and got one one time, and then I went on like a seven day hunt this year, and it was amazing.
0: My feet were like,
1: <laughs> I highly recommend it.
0: All right, <laughs> I'll put that on my list. Go get All a right. pedicure before you go on your elk hunt. Maybe I'll yeah, go with my wife. Like,
1: you walk in there in camo, and everybody's like, you know, exactly what you would think would be in in that place and you walk in and they're like what is this guy doing here it's like yeah man getting my feet fixed <laughs> that's hilarious that's
0: funny what about you Gabe We got some you got some tips for some late season rifle elk yeah uh like we were talking about earlier I had
2: got my buddy's bull called in the other day and uh we had I glassed him up <clears throat> from about, I'd say, 1,500 yards away, and uh, he just sat there staring, so I started cow calling at him, and yeah, I guess my tip is, don't be scared to use your cow call during October, because those elkers probably still rutting, Uh, like, for instance, his bull, I'm pretty sure it got pushed out of the herd from the herd bull, so he was secluded all by himself, so I was able Mm -hmm. to sweet-talk him. Come into us, and it worked just like it was September. He came running in and hopped the fence, and he was able to put him down. So, yeah, you never know. Just cow call, even if you don't see anything, because they'll still come in silent. Uh, I wouldn't bugle too much because then they know that there's a herd bull with their cows, and if they're going to come in, then they're going to get their ass kicked. So, just try to stay cow calling during October if you can, and uh, you might be successful. You might not be. I mean, It's just how it works. You never know. It's just another tactic to try. Another tool in the toolbox. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man, my wheels are turning. I don't know. uh, And neither of you wear gloves? I mean,
2: I wear one pair of gloves. I wear the King's Camo XKG. They're like the real lightweight type of glove. And then I wear a type of, I think they're wool. They keep my hands pretty warm, warm. most of the time I don't even have gloves on. I just tough it out. But I don't hunt in seasons like you're about to go hunt where it's gonna be brutally cold, so I'd just find a good okay. pair of gloves on King's Camo, man. Just go on there and look yeah, at try all this and get stuff the
1: stuff. Most... Are you are you shooting or are you just going along? I'm shooting. Okay. Well if that's the case I would uh I'd get the most insulated and most thin pair of gloves that you can handle. Uh, Yeah. The dexterity is key for rifle and everything. I'm the same way as Gabe though. I never wear gloves or an archery or a rifle. I'm like, if I do, I'm like, yeah, I need gloves for this hunt. Then I cut all the fingertips off. Then I'm out there and I'm like, this is useless. So I take the gloves off and I leave them at camp or something. So I'm to the point where I don't even pack them anymore. But there has been times where I'm like, man, I really wish I had gloves. Um, like if we're just sitting there eating lunch or like, whatever, and uh, you yeah, know, it's kind of chilly. But I don't know, man. I'm, I'm anti, I'm anti glove when I hunt, but. Anti glove. Um, I'd get. You can also get those ones with the mittens and the finger. You know where you can flip the mitten up and it turns into finger. Um, yeah. Like your your shooting hand if you're right handed, you know, if you're pulling the trigger with your right hand, um you know, your dominant hand is where you want the fingerless ones and then um your other hand, you know, you could leave in the mitten the whole time and still have a good grip on the rifle.
0: Right. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm on Amazon right now looking up <laughs> thin wool, thin wool hunting gloves. There you go. <laughs> Well, <laughs> you, uh, you like wearing King's camo, don't you, Carter? Yep. Yep. That's mostly, that fits my budget for my career. So uh, I, I wear a lot of King's camo. Yeah. Their
2: website, they sell some pretty good thick gloves that you can wear when you're glassing. Cause that's pretty much when you're going to want to wear them the most is when you guys are sitting down and just glassing yeah. for the most. So, right. Just that's a good point there. Thick pair of gloves. I mean, you can get a thinner pair to wear underneath that way if you need to grab something, you don't got to take your hand out of the hot glove and get it cold right away. You can just
1: have another pair of glove on. There.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. What I think about, when uh, of that
1: Glassing is that's probably when you want yeah. gloves for sure.
0: When you get cold, right? Yeah. Let yep. me stop. Moving. What about- trekking poles. Do you guys rock trekking poles?
1: Yep. Yes. Yes. Dude. That's like probably one of my biggest things in my bag that I like the most. Okay. Um, I got sissy sticks, so that's like the those are like the Gucci poles of hunting, um that's by Pete. They're, yeah, they're called sissy sticks, yeah. They're carbon fiber, but they're like they're on the expensive end. I think they're like two hundred and thirty bucks for a pair of those. But um they hold up really good and I, I love them. Um I would just I mean a generic my buddy uses the most generic pair of like twenty dollar tracking poles off Amazon and does the exact same thing mine do. <laughs> so
0: That's probably what I'll be using. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, the, I would do trekking poles for sure. You're going to need them, especially on the downhill <laughs> hikes with meat on your back. Like the elk we packed out this year in Colorado, we shot them uh, just to give a picture. Like the, the mountain is straight up and down the whole entire unit. There's no valleys or anything like that. And uh, there's only one trail up. So you get up to the top and to get on the elk, you know, you're hiking two or three miles north or south of that trail. So we'd be, I think we killed that bull roughly like three miles from the trail, two or three miles. Um, and it's steep. So like having trekking poles save you, uh, you know, you can lean over on them and kind of take that weight off your back for a couple minutes and kind of recollect yourself. Because the worst thing to do when you're packing out an animal is, you um, one, takes so much time that the meat gets warm, which you won't have that, you won't have that problem in November, but two is like constantly taking your bag on and off is just going to destroy your back. Just want to kind of like put it on and send it. I feel like trekking poles really give you that.
2: Yeah, Uh, my experience with trekking poles, I got some from uh, Sierra Trading Post. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that, but. We have yeah. a warehouse here in town, and I actually found a really decent pair for, I think it was around 40 bucks. and I have beat the shit out of them. I take them shed hunting, and we go into some nasty stuff shed hunting, and they've held up. I'll, I'll have to link with you and give you the brand, but yeah, dude. Having those trekking poles, not only just hauling meat, but when you're going uphill, it's you want to grab onto something. The whole time it's just like grabbing on a railing when you're going upstairs. It gives you the extra ump to help push you through wherever you're going. And like yep. Chet said, going downhill, when you're going downhill, uh, it just tears your knees up going down. I don't know if it does for you guys, but it just takes that yeah. pressure off your knees when you're walking around. So yeah, trekking poles are a they're
1: a tool to have for sure. All yeah. right.
0: I'll add that to the list.
1: It's- make sure they're collapsible. That's all the that way you can slip yeah. them in your pack wherever. And...
0: Yeah. And I got to fly with them, right? I got They got to be able to pack down into my bag to get there at least.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Cool. You guys got any, uh, other last minute tips to throw in here for a late season hunt? Yeah. And we're yeah, late season rifle elk.
1: Mm. I'd have some good glass. You know, good pair of binos, good spotting scope. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, so especially with a rifle, you know, good good glass in your rifle. That's, like, uh, a good key with hunting is, like, everybody really focuses in on the the gun, uh, which a good build is a good build. But, you know, I could go to the store and go get an old, you know, 30-odd-6 that's 200 bucks, and then put, you know, a freaking $1,000 Scope on it and outshoot someone that has like a two hundred dollar scope and a five thousand dollar gun. It's the same with fishing, you know. It's more in the reel than the rod, technically. Um, so I feel like having good glass is is key for for rifle.
0: Hell yeah! I got I, think, I got to play around with Gabe's glass when I was there. That thing is unbelievable on his rifle. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Chad says I'm a cheater. <laughs> he was like. Born over there i was like oh my gosh it's unreal <laughs> they're cool technology is a crazy thing
2: yeah like i like i told you when you're over here once archery season's over and i see something far i'm ready to put it on the ground instead of trying to get within boat range so
1: mm-hmm.
2: i had uh, another tip too uh since you're hunting late season i'd probably say don't look around cows too much. Those bulls are gonna be, they're gonna be wore out from pushing the the herds around and stuff. So look in the nastiest shit you can find, because those those big bulls are gonna seclude themselves away from the herd, and uh, they're gonna be tough to find, because they, like I said, they'll they'll seclude themselves. So yeah, really really right glad.
1: To take your time. Like I deep, said, stay deep away from timber. Yeah, I mean they don't get old for a reason. They're not going to be out in the open feeding and I um, mean you might catch them out there, you know, early morning and that's another thing that I just learned this year in archery and I would take this to rifle season and I'm going to take this to archery season next year is um you know where we hunt is one of the reasons we're successful is we camp at the very top of the mountain. So most people camp down in the bottom where it's nice and cozy and then they want to hike up super early. The problem with that is is you know the thermals um, so their diurnal thermals out in the mountains is, you know, in the morning uh, when, the, when the mountainside heats up from the sun, the thermals travel uphill, aka you're above, if you're up on the top of the mountain, you're above where the animals are via they can't smell you, um, which smell is, you know, 99% of the game with elk. And then at night the scent blows downhill so we kind of position our camp above a drainage that we don't really care about but we still kill elk in here and there um but you know you're sacrificing one little drainage to already be above them you wake up i like waking up early now and getting out there at first light whereas before you know we'd we'd stay in our tent in the morning until like 7 7 30 get out maybe have a cup of coffee and then go hunt around eight or nine most people are like you know, you missed first light, but it's like, you know, when you're up there already, the thermals are still blowing downhill at eight in the morning. It's sunny out. And it's like, you have to wait for those thermals to switch. It's, it's a really patient game where, you know, you're up there and you're like, man, I really want to be down there. But I know if I go down there and send it, I'm going to blow a mile and a half of this drainage out. and I'm not going to see elk. Um, you're just going to be hiking with your bow or your gun. So I think, you know, what I did this year is I kind of got up early and every time that I did this, we were on elk super early and, uh, we'd get up on the mountain, even though the thermals were blowing downhill, we kind of got way up high and sat in the middle of some rocks and just glassed as far as we could. And we'd put them to bed and then we'd go stalk them from there. So I feel like, uh, not sleeping and, and getting out there and, you know, sacrificing a little bit of scent for a, a lot more area you can cover with your eyes is kind of beneficial
0: That's a great tip. Yeah. Hunting with thermals is going to be a new dynamic to my experience.
1: Yep. It's tough. It's, you got to be patient and, you know, um, I think my thing with that is just like be more aggressive than less aggressive, but be patient at the same time. Like know when to, know when to hold them and know when to fold them type of thing. It's like, Uh, There's been plenty of times where I'm like, man, I really wish I had just sent that. And like, if I blew him out, who cares? Because I didn't kill it anyways. Um, Whereas other times it's like, man, maybe I pushed a little too hard, but more times than not, it's like, there's times where I'm really pushing it hard and like pushing my luck getting in close and trying to get into their space uh, has proved to be more beneficial than not. So, you know, you want to get in close to one of those big bulls and, and challenge them a little bit or cow call, you know, like Gabe said, late in that season, bugling is probably not going to be your key uh, cow calling is, but if you see one bull and no satellite with a bunch of cows and you get within hundred or 200 yards and you don't have a good shot and you bugle, or maybe just a light, light little chuckle or something, you might get him coming in to fight you. It doesn't matter what time of season is, you know, they're, they're going to be a little defensive.
0: That's awesome. Those are all great tips. Um, yeah, I've got some. I've got some work to do before getting out there. And uh, yeah, this is going to be really helpful. I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, of yeah right on.
1: Hopefully, you guys. Hopefully you guys, fill all your tags.
0: God, that would be awesome. That would be really awesome. I want to put my you hands all on elks. Do y'all have bull tags or is it cow? All bull tags.
1: Nice. Yeah awesome so what's you your uh, what's your gun sighted in for yardage wise
0: i'm sighted in at 200 that's what i sighted in for this antelope trip okay and now uh i shot my antelope at 300 which is the farthest i've ever okay. shot at a living target before um so that that felt good better than missing
1: okay. yeah i was just curious i'm like uh I'm like an anti anti or anti- even number when it comes to sighting in scope so I either sight in at a hundred or 300 mm. um, and nowadays I'm switching all my rifles to 300 out here because anything that's one or two you know you just aim a couple inches low and I'm gonna hit it but it seems like it seems like with a rifle especially out in the area you're probably going to it's gonna be a lot more open space so you might be shooting through or four or five hundred yards.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. If I can do, if I can get them to 200 or 300, I feel good. I feel really good. Yeah. But it's all about practice, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For sure. Well, stand by for the results, guys. There you go. Hopefully uh, I
2: there can find some time to come up with you guys. So
1: we'll see what happens.
0: That'd be freaking awesome, man. I'll need all the help I can get.
1: Yeah, especially packing them out in that snow. Wow. <laughs> Uh, hey i haven't washed my pack yet so i'm down i'll I'll
0: get it bloody again i don't care (laughs) come on come on take any help we can get well i appreciate it guys i think that rounds us out for this tuesday tips episode and you know stand by for this tuesday and this thursday if you want to hear about chet and gabe's elk hunting bonanza they had (laughs) right on yeah. I appreciate it guys. Yep. Yeah. Thanks yeah, for sure. having us. Yeah, yeah. We appreciate it. And listeners, as always, we appreciate the hell of you guys. We'll talk to you next week. Peace.